Happy Women's Month, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about women's suffrage, and it's because I want to talk about it, not Venetia. We're talking biological. We're talking trans. Any type of woman you can think of, that's what we're talking about today and how their rights came to be equal due to the prohibition movement, the Great War, and just bitching women being bitches getting the right to vote in 1920. So today, we're talking about women's suffrage, specifically in the USA, USA. Women's suffrage, what it is, the definition is the right of women to vote in elections. Men's suffrage is defined as dealing with women. America is still growing, okay? We're getting bigger. It's like we're still not a fully formed country yet. We're growing. We're in utero. It's the late 1840s, and there were only 30 states in the USA. The 30th state, Wisconsin, was admitted to the Union on May 29th, 1848. Shout out, cheese. So it's the late 1840s. Slavery hasn't been abolished yet in the United States. The Civil War hasn't even happened. The president is Zachary Taylor in 1849, who actually dies a few months later in 1850 of a stomach virus. Chrissy Conspiracies, I don't know if it was a stomach virus. I think maybe he was poisoned by women. People are still holding the Declaration of Independence true to heart. God us own. What does that say? All men are created equal. When they say men, they mean white men and landowners. Women did not have rights and definitely did not have the right to vote. Now, if a woman wants to go trans and become a man, that's a different story. Now, why are women upset? Well, they have good reason to be upset, okay? Women's rights aren't that great. They don't even exist at all. Education, let's talk about that. Women were excluded from higher education institutes like universities and colleges. They could not at all be a student, be a teacher. They were not allowed in higher education institutions, which sucked because, I mean, what if Rachel Dolezal was alive back then? She wouldn't be able to teach or be black. So feminine courses were offered, such as home economics, teaching, nursing, blowjobs, rather than fields such as science, law, and medicine. Women with owning property. Some states prohibited married women from owning property or signing contracts at all without their husband's permission. So a woman had to get her husband's permission to do anything, to sign a contract, to own land. Very patriarchal society, which I don't like. Employment, they are gender-based discrimination and lower wages compared to men, and that's not a problem anymore. They had no legal rights. They couldn't vote. They couldn't serve on a jury or hold public office. Serving on a jury, whatever. I actually, I actually want to be a woman in the 1840s because I hate doing jury duty. So what's the vibe of a woman in the mid-1800s? Well, a lot of them are joining temperance leagues, um, religious movements, moral reform groups, anti-slavery movements, all of these led by women. And then this idea that a true woman has to be pious, submissive, only a mother is starting to change. Okay, every woman in the mid 1800s trying to get a little bit of that Beyonce in them. All the women who independent, throw your hands up at me. They were singing that in the mid 1800s and then they were put in prison. So it's 1848, we're in upstate New York, Seneca Falls. New York is where everything happens good in this country, okay? Nothing happens positive in this country if it's not going through New York. So 1848, upstate New York, this is where the reformers, the celebs come in. Elizabeth Cady Stanton, who everyone's heard of, and Lucretia Mott, who's no relation to Mott's applesauce, but that'd be sick. 
they invited a group of abolitionist activists, mostly women, but some men, to discuss the problems of women's rights. So this is big, this is monumental because now they're talking about it and the movement is starting to begin. So 1848, if you're a woman, upstate New York, this is huge, 100,000%. You're getting happy, your nipples are hard, it's awesome, I'm wet. So this was to be known as the Seneca Falls Convention. A lot of you have heard about this. This is what we're going to talk about now. Seneca Falls Convention. It was the first time an organized group came together publicly and discussed that American women were autonomous individuals who deserved their own political identities. The biggest thing that came out of the Seneca Falls Convention was uh, called the Declaration of Sentiments, which was like the Declaration of Independence, but the female version, where it stated that women should have equal rights to men, including the right to vote, and that included white women and black women. Speaking of black women, I think a woman who should be a lot more famous than she actually is, her name was Sojourner Truth, and she escaped slavery in 1826 with her baby and would go on to become a prominent abolitionist and women's rights activist. Truth is perhaps best known for her powerful Ain't I a Woman speech she gave at the Akron, Ohio Women's Rights Convention. Akron, Ohio, home of LeBron James, one of my favorite black women. So, the Ain't I a Woman speech, what it was, was it was actually a response to a minister that said women were weaker and less capable than men, and Truth challenged his arguments and spoke out against the exclusion of black women from the feminist movement. This is an excerpt from the speech that I liked a lot. She said, that man over there says that women need to be helped into carriages and lifted over ditches and to have the best place everywhere. Nobody ever helps me into carriages or over mud puddles or gives me my best place. And ain't I a woman? Look at me. Look at my arm. I have plowed and planted and gathered into barns and no man could head me. Uh-uh. No man could head me. I like that. I like that a lot, Sojourner Truth. I want to give you head. Here's another fun fact. Mrs. Truth actually met with President Abraham Lincoln on at least one occasion that we know about in the Civil War. It was October 29th, 1864. She was invited to meet Lincoln at the White House, and she used this opportunity to urge Lincoln to support the 13th Amendment because nobody was talking about women's rights. And this is why I love President Abraham Lincoln and why he is my favorite president because he just knows how to play it. He knows what to say because Sojourner Truth went up to him and said, President Lincoln, ain't I a woman? And you know what Lincoln's response was? I don't see gender. Bang. So the Civil War comes, North winds, unions preserved, and from that, the 13th Amendment was passed, which abolished slavery. Then the 14th Amendment comes, which makes those newly abolished slaves or anyone born in the United States a natural citizen. Shout out, anchor babies. Then the 15th Amendment is the amendment that says African-American men now have the right to vote. And that was passed, and white women were that black men got to vote before them and they started to protest. They believed that the 15th Amendment was their chance to push lawmakers for truly universal suffrage instead of just black men. White women once again were out there saying, why not me? What did black men go through that I haven't went through? They wanted the 15th Amendment to include the right for women to vote as well as people of any race. So they were trying, women were saying, hey, listen, it's great that African-American men now get the right to vote, yas, queen, yas, but everybody should have the right to vote. It doesn't matter. If you're a U.S. citizen, you should have the right to vote. Now, the 15th Amendment got passed in 1870 and allowed all men, regardless of race, to vote. Now, it's 1869, 
And the National Women's Suffrage Association is formed. Superstars Elizabeth Cady Stan and Susan B. Anthony began to fight for a universal suffrage amendment to the U.S. Constitution, and they formed something called the NWSA. The members, Elizabeth Cady Stan, Susan B. Anthony, and Ice Cube. Women were coming together for the first time to fight for more rights. This was the original pussy power movement. Everybody was out there. Women were coming together. Come together right now. It's time to vote. Now, let's talk about the ultimate goat of the women's suffrage movement, Susan B. Anthony, no relation to Casey. She is a key leader in the suffrage movement. She lived 1820 to 1906. That's a long life. She must have been intermittent fasting. She was an American women's rights activist and suffragist. She was born in Massachusetts and raised in a Quaker family, all about peace, that believed in the equality of all people and oatmeal. She was the key leader in my opinion, of the National Women's Suffrage Association, and she traveled extensively all over. She gave speeches, she organized rallies in support of women's rights. She probably had a very good agent. Now, and she also helped gain national attention to the suffrage movement when she was arrested for voting in the 1872 presidential election when she said that the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution gave all the citizens the right to vote. She went and tried to vote, and she got arrested. She's like a little AOC. You know, this is what happens. When you want to do something, you want to fight for something, nine times out of 10, you're going to get arrested for it. You had Susan B. Anthony got arrested for fighting for her right to vote. You had Bernie Sanders get arrested for fighting for civil rights. And you had Jim Norton get arrested for indecent exposure in Times Square. Here's the thing. Women are fighting for more rights, but they also simultaneously want prohibition to pass, which will limit alcohol and which will ban alcohol in the country because the temperance movement, what it was, was it was to prohibit alcohol consumption because women, think about it. I mean, they were saying that, you know, alcohol, it was believed to be associated with all the major issues such as poverty, domestic violence, and social problems were all because of alcohol. Stupid women. And let's be honest. I'm just obviously just joking around. Let's be honest. Women were probably getting smacked around and hit and hurt and killed all because of alcohol. They didn't, you know, they didn't want that. They didn't want their husbands to be drunk lunatics. And, you know, they can't even get their dick up and then they're getting beat up over it. Women were basically saying, let's get alcohol out. But also we need the right to vote to get alcohol out. So the number one thing we need is the right to vote. All right, so during the 1890s now, so a lot of times went by, they're still fighting, but now it's lighting up again. Women's rights fires up again. I mean, the world is progressing. We got Alexander Graham Bell, just invented the telephone. We got Thomas Edison, AKA Tommy Eddy, just invented the light bulb, maybe stole it from Tesla. Somebody else invited the typewriter. We got all these types of people inventing stuff. And during the Industrial Revolution, there are domestic inventions being uh, invented too. We got the washing machine, the vacuum cleaner, the fridge, the sewing machine, the dishwasher, the iron, all products that women are using and these products are being bought and consumed by women. They are the biggest consumers right now of products like that because that's all they have. You know, it's not that they want to, they just have to. And they're more involved with everyday life rather than just having to stay home. So they become some of the only consumers to buy some of these products like the washing machine, the vacuum cleaner, the fridge, the vibrator. Only women are buying those so it's kind of, they're extremely important to the economy. I mean, a huge, huge, I mean, don't forget at this point, America is like a, it's starting to become a global powerhouse, one of the biggest manufacturers in the world and the biggest consumers are women. So hello, we're contributing to our economy. Give us the right to vote. So the late 1890s, the suffragists approach kind of changed. Rather than saying men and women are created equal, the new generation of activists started to say, 
Women and men are different. We need the right to vote because we're actually different than you. I mean, this is kind of like when women's health, reproduction, you know, the reproductive system starts to come in, you know, birth control, pap smears, lip injections. Women are saying it's time. We, we don't have the same body as you. Okay. I don't, I don't have a little schmeagle hanging out of my pants. I have a beautiful, I have a gorgeous little beautiful V-shaped vagina. Here's the thing that happened though during this time. It was weird because women weren't that highly educated. You had some women who were actually opposing this idea because they believed that women were not capable of making informed political decisions. Some women groups didn't even want equal rights because it said that that meant that their hard-won benefits of like mother's pension and laws that limited work hours would dissolve. So it's, you know, but it came down to an education issue where women were thinking other women aren't qualified. So that's, you know, it happened, you know? I thought Hillary Clinton was very qualified. So starting in 1910, some states in the West began to extend the vote to women. Actually, Idaho and Utah were the first to give women the right to vote. Unfortunately, those initial women were killed by Ted Bundy. The Southern and Eastern states resisted. So here's the thing, the protests that you see in the streets, women started this, okay? This all traces back to the women's suffrage movement. Nobody was doing this before the women of the early 1900s. You got um, Carrie Chapman Katz's winning plan, which focused first on state to state rather than pushing it for the constitution. You had Alice Paul, no relation to Logan, who focused on radical militant tactics like hunger strikes, chaining themselves to buildings, and White House pickets of President Woodrow Wilson, which all my friends when we were teenagers used to call our penises, a Woodrow Wilson. Okay, so back then, like, this was unheard of. I mean, you had women outside the White House with signs that said, Mr. President, what will you do for women's suffrage and how long must women wait for liberty? Like, actual signs. So, you know, the only difference today is those women didn't have blue hair. So the protests are happening, but then it stopped because the Great War happened, a.k.a. World War I. You know, how can women, you know, be talking about their right to vote when they have a war to win? The United States has a big war to win, a world war. But it, women, instead of kind of keep fighting for that right, they said, you know what? Let's be patriotic because they were patriotic. Let's support our husbands, brothers, fathers going to war. They helped out with the war effort back home, and that proved to really impress a lot of people and kind of make men say, you know what? Women are deserving of the right to vote. They helped us win the war. So finally, it happens. Alice Paul and her organization, the National Women's Party, gave the final push for the ratification of the 19th Amendment. And the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution was passed by Congress on June 4th, 1919, right smack in the middle of World War I. And it was ratified on August 18th, 1920, after being approved by 36 states. Finally, women have the right to vote. And on November 2nd, of 1920, more than 8 million women across the United States voted in the very first election that included women. And it was a beautiful thing that didn't last for too long because then 8 million, 8 million women's periods sunk up and things got a little bit bad for the next two weeks. We had a big PMS problem. So in closing, the women's suffrage movement, it paved the way for future generations of women to become more politically engaged and to work towards achieving equal rights to all areas of society. Without this movement, we would have no Hillary Clinton. We would have no Greta Thunberg. We would have no Lizzo. We would have none of the iconic women that we know and love today. So I, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed it. It is Women's Month. I celebrate Women's Month. 
Comment below, what woman do you want to hear me talk about? What woman did we forget? Tell us your facts, what we missed, what we got right about the women's suffrage movement. And of course, I want to give a shout out to the to the to my favorite women in my life, the three most favorite women in my life, Jasmine, my daughters, my mother, T.T. Jerry. I love you women. And remember, yesterday was history.